revamping and redefining the way we look at our careers. This is Career Revamp, where we discuss all things careers and how to have the career you always dreamed of. Helping you go from settling to soaring and planning your career on your own terms. Now, here's the host of the show, Alicia Perkins. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Career Revamp. I'm your podcast host, Alicia Perkins, and I am a career development coach that teaches the professionals how to stop settling for less, how to see their value, and increase their salaries while honoring their boundaries. And guys, I'm really, really excited this week because, first of all, this is like Career Revamp's first official podcast guest. You guys know I don't like to just bring anybody on, but I'm so excited to have this guest on today. We have Dr. Zakia. So excited to have her on. I get a lot of requests for people to be on the show, but I am really like protective guys of who I bring in my space and who I expose you guys to. But the moment her team sent over her information, I knew I knew I just had to get her on the show. And she is here today to talk about a book that she has that is called Dump Your Degree. And it is about how to repurpose your education, control your career, and gain financial freedom. So yes, just a little bit about her. She is an author and speaker. And y'all, what she does is she wants to help people take control of their careers, right? Because you guys know there's a lot of myths, there's a lot of misconceptions, and there's a lot of student debt that, that has been created because people just don't know how that is done. And so we are so excited to have her on the show. So go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, and thank you for having me. My name is Akia Akarele. And as you mentioned, I'm an educator, speaker, and currently a full-time author. That's a career uh, area that I've recently transitioned into. Awesome. Awesome. Like I said, we have you on today to talk about, but before we dive into the details of the book, I first want to ask you, right? Because when they sent all their stuff over, the first thing that really stood out to me was, I think it was maybe like on page two, right? It was like, may your obstacles become your opportunities. And when I read that, I was like, okay, right? Because, you know, I think a lot of people struggle with that, right? Just you know, being able to see the good side of the hardships that they may face. And so the fact that your book even opened up with that, I was like, okay, let me keep reading because I was like automatically just like zoned in. And so, like I said, before we really dive into the details of the book, where did the idea of this book actually like come from? Yeah, so it came from my own personal experiences of having had four degrees, graduating with a doctorate, in a time that was really bad economically for our country, we were in a recession and there weren't many jobs in high demand, particularly in my area of expertise. And so I was unemployed for a while and underemployed, looking, begging for work, and I couldn't get it. And so it really caused some challenges in my life on a professional level, but also personally struggling with being depressed. Like, why can't I find work? What is wrong with me? Right. Um, and having realized that it wasn't just me, right? There were literally millions of people who had degrees who either were unemployed or underemployed. So that's where it came from. I swore that once I found a solution for myself, if I could help others, I would. And I ended up working in areas that weren't directly related to my educational background, but that were very good 
for my career development because it allowed me to focus on my skills, my talents, you know, my connections, how I work with individuals or people and communities and finding work in that area developed my CV on a whole other level. So after that, I ended up getting my dream job as a professor. That's what I wanted to. I had aspired to become a professor for so many years. But then as I was in my dream job, I realized my students, they were graduating with debt, being unemployed. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, goodness, what is going on? They're facing the same challenges I did all those years ago. So I was like, OK, I have to do something. <laughs> you know, I don't want to just leave you behind because I got it and I made it, you know, uh, so, and I began to like pull my students aside or walk them through like entrepreneurship or starting small businesses and encouraging them to develop their career while they were in school so that they didn't face those challenges later. So that's pretty much where the book came from, a book of advice, me just basically wanting people not to fall in the pitfalls that I had found myself in and giving them solutions so that they could have more control over their careers. Oh, you know, I feel like it's really ironic, right? Because you said, you know, how this even started, like an actual recession, Mm -hmm. right? And the fact that we're like (laughs) almost in one right now, right? But, and I think that's the amazing thing about growth. I think some of the best ideas, Mm -hmm. just some of the, like the, the, the best moves that we make in our lives is doing those low moments. And so I'm definitely glad that she was able to take a moment that could have discouraged a lot of people, right? But it was able to really not only bring you to that next level, but also allow a, a heart to like serve, be birthed as well. And I think that is just amazing. And the fact that now we're almost, yeah, child, I don't know, because because the news say everything. I don't know if we're in a recession, we might not, we might have one, we don't have one. It's already started. I don't know. But the fact that that word is even starting to like, something you hear more often in the fact that now that you are in a whole completely different place, mm-hmm. child, if that ain't growth, okay, yeah. <laughs> you know, and so I think that's really, really exciting. And so did you face any challenges while you had to write this book? Like, was there any of your own insecurities that you had to face, right? Because I think sometimes people think because we are, are very informed about a particular topic or subject that we ourselves may not experience insecurities in that same thing. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Two things that stand out the most is one, because I come from an academic background and I'm used to having to, you know, write in a academic, you know, setting. Mm -hmm. At first, when I started writing the book, to me, when I went back to read it, I was like, the average everyday person is not going to feel this. Because I felt like I was writing to my peers in academia. Mm, yeah. To a stu- who I really wrote this book for were students who were currently in college, also recent graduates and early career professionals who mm-hmm. they, they, they might come from a variety of career or professional backgrounds. They're not looking to read a book, you know, from a professor like they're in class. They want somebody they can relate to. So, I went back and started rewriting a lot of it because I wanted it to be more relatable, but then also facing the insecurity of what will my peers say if it's not coming across Mm. home, right? 
So that was one thing, but I just had to throw that out the window. Um, no, that's good. Being vulnerable. So I'm a person who does not like to tell my business, right? I don't <laughs> on social media and tell y'all what I'm eating every day or tell, and like, you know, that's cool for some people, but I'm very private. One of my best friends calls me secret service because you just never know what my <laughs> move is going to be like. So to have to be vulnerable in this book and let people know I was unemployed, I was on food stamps with a PhD, mm-hmm. like even saying that now I'm like, oh, I just said, but it's real mm-hmm. that I was struggling. Yes, I was young. I finished my doctorate at 27. Right. So though there was some other things that were factors in how I went forward in my career, maybe not being as seasoned or having that age with me that a lot of my peers mm-hmm. with me. Had the experience played a factor because I didn't have as much as others, but all in all, there were still just economic challenges and challenges in the job market that did not allow me to get my dream job right out of Mm -hmm. And I was not the only one. If you, you know, in the book, I talk about other peers, other friends of mine who graduated from Ivy League. We went together, right? Mm -hmm. Also had PhDs who were also even more. Uh, or worse off than I was on government assistance, could not find work for years. Mm, yeah. Cannot be me. I'm not, I'm not going to do this. Right. So that's what made me immediately find a way out. I think I right. for like maybe six to seven months, I, you know, I was struggling really bad. And then I finally was like, okay, no, I, I have to find a solution. I maybe. Yes. I yeah. Job. But I can find something that will sustain me and not sit around and wait for somebody to hire me. So that's kind of where, it, you know, those are the two things that kind of stood out, being vulnerable and having to throw out the window what other people might think of me for presenting my work in a particular tone. Oh, I love that. Because I have this thing I always say, right? I always say that, you know, we are able to serve ourselves when we serve other people. Right. And I really definitely think that you being able to write this book is a way of being able to serve other people because you're probably going to be able, for one, to help people not make the same mistakes that you did. But also, even if they found themselves in a position that they may have already made some of the mistakes, you can show them a way out. And so that's the one thing I love about this book is that the information is fresh. Because I think that when it comes to careers, we people think that the same things are always going to work, right? And I don't even know why, how they think that when probably over half the job titles we have now, right, didn't even exist like five years ago. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, the I tell people, you can literally be anything that you want to be. Like, that is just a society that we live in. And I love the fact that this information is just so fresh. Like, y'all, chapter one in her book says, don't listen to your parents. How many times am I always trying to tell y'all that advice that we learn from them does not work, you know? You staying at a job for 30, 40 years, that don't work for you no more, right? And so the fact, and this is how I knew I had to get you all, because I'm like, I think she's like in my head, because this is what I this is what I tell my audience all the time. Do not listen to your parents. Yes, they love you, but that advice is stale, right? And so the fact that you even start off the book with, don't even like listen to them, it sets a really good foundation because a lot of what we do comes from what we've been taught. And so, you know, so even on chapter one, like if you want to kind of share with us a little bit about what was your mindset when you wrote that first chapter? 
Yeah. So, you know, my mom and I are very close and I was just thinking about the advice, like what got me to the point where I was in student loan debt <laughs> for a degree <laughs> with no debt. Child. I was like, okay, what brought me here and what would I've done differently? And as much as I love my mom and listen, I'm not a first generation college student. I mentioned that I think in chapter one, yeah, where I'm not a first generation college student. I'm not a second. I'm not even, a, I'm, I'm a third in my direct line, but even extended families have been getting degrees since the 1800s in my family. Mm, it's, wow. It's not new, right. And that's rare. So it wasn't that the people before me did not know how to navigate higher education. They themselves had degrees. But as you mentioned, things shift. So my mm. generation, I'm a millennial, student loans, pretty much everybody <laughs> took about, right? A lot of people mm-hmm. had to take about. We have excessive amounts of student loan debt because more of us are going to graduate school. And my mom was of the thought that, well, one, her higher education was paid for because it was affordable. <laughs> so her father mm-hmm. pay out of pocket, send her to college, and she was good. Where I had to go, I did get scholarships. Undergrad was pretty much paid for. But graduate school, even with scholarships, going to graduate school in New York City, I needed to supplement a lot of things with student loans. My mom was like, hey, take out student loans. You'll get a job when you finish. Everything's all good. You pay it back, right? She didn't understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she didn't understand. She thought, okay, you want to be a professor? Go and study what you're passionate in and there'll be a job for you. Not realizing that what I was studying did not give me the best ROI. It did not give me. Mm-hmm. It was not worth the student loan debt at all. But because she come, came from that generation where not as many of her peers had graduate dis- degrees, right? They worked their ways <laughs> with their yeah. company. And so she's thinking, oh, well, this is good. And I went and took that advice, got more student loan debt, thinking I could pay it off, and then graduated with no job. And here's the thing. I've been working since I was 14. Mm. So I never was unable to get a job. But you mentioned that that was during a recession. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, this is new for me. Even through graduate school, I worked. So what do you mean I don't have a job afterwards? So I tell people even though your parents are well-intentioned, they want the best for you, but they may not know the best for you, right? So get yourself a mentor, connect with people who are directly in line with the field or industry you are aspiring to get into. Get those that right, that correct information and not just listening to someone because they love you and they're older than you and happen to be your, your parent. Right, exactly, exactly. And like you said, I think our parents, they really do mean the best for you. Like, I remember my mom, like, right when I got out of high school, right, I went straight to college. Mm-hmm. And I was going to college so I could be a nurse. But that's only because my mom was like, if you're a nurse, it's always going to be easy, you know, <laughs> to find a job. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I actually went in and I'm like, Alicia, you gag behind everything. <laughs> like, weird smells throw you off like what makes you think that you're going to be a nurse like <laughs> you know and so and then I think a lot of times especially with our parents they don't really see having a degree as like like an actual resource to gain employment for them it's more of an actual point 
you went to school, like, right, like having the opportunity to do something that most people don't do. And so it's like a badge of honor almost for our parents, rather than them really wanting us to be successful in a particular job title. So, but like you said, it's just because for one, for them, things was a lot easier than it was for us now. And so, which brings us into chapter two, which is called Don't Listen to They. And you're talking about why getting the right advisor makes a huge difference. And let's talk about who this they is, right? Because a lot of the clients that I deal with, like they always say, oh, well, they said this and they said that. So when you were talking about the they in this book, who was you talking about? That exactly what you're saying. You <laughs> that uh, DJ Khaled, I love his energy, you know, his motivation, right? And he's always joking about they, you know, they don't want us to be successful. So we're going to be more successful. You know, he just talks about this day, which is kind of like the haters. And I was basically saying, well, my day is those that, again, may mean well or may not even know you at all. They just say, oh, you will be good, great in this field. Like kind of like your mom said. Right? Yeah. <laughs> great nurse. So that's a great, stable, functional job to have. You always have work. And a lot of times we listen to what they say, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not in alignment with what we want. But also, I did a documentary some years ago, about three years ago, particularly for African-American college graduates, because they face a higher unemployment and underemployment rate. And one of the speakers on the documentary mentioned how he works specifically at an HBCU, and the people would come in and advise the students to go to law school, but they themselves don't have a, a law degree, a law background. They just, they just say, you'll be great in this, and this is what you need to do. So it, it, it reminded me of how they can tell you so much about something without having experienced it themselves. That's a whole podcast by itself. That's a whole podcast. <laughs> Right. So basically what I'm saying is don't listen to what they say because they may not know. They're just putting information out there. Also, people will give you information about a particular role or industry and they will say, oh, this is what's taking off right now. This is the, the new wave, you know. And so, so many people might try to follow through with it, thinking that this is going to be lucrative for them. And it's not, it might be lucrative for others, but don't feel pressure just because other people are saying it's good or doing it, that it has to be the route that you take. Oh, and this reminds me like of, like I would probably say maybe about a year ago, technology field, right? Everybody would say tech, you need to get into tech. Mm -hmm. Every time I'm on TikTok, they had a video talking about tech, 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 right? Mm -hmm. But over the last 60 to 90 days, the tech industry has laid off thousands of people, right? And it's not saying that the tech industry is a bad industry, it's not. But this is what happens, right, for one, because you know of the, the virus and because of, of COVID, hiring had completely shut all the way down, right? So when things started to open back up, a lot of these companies started to hire and they started to overhire. And because Zoom and a lot of the tech fields did really, really great during the virus because what? Everybody had to do their Zoom meetings and everybody was at home and everybody had to find entertainment at home. So these companies like, oh my God, like our industry is doing great, right? But they based it upon the market of COVID. And so they ended up, now they're realizing, but wait a minute, we have actually hired too many people. Because even with this recession, 
And it's weird because a lot of the people don't really know what the recession is because when it comes to the rate of unemployment, it's the lowest it's ever been, right? So there are a lot of jobs out there. So that's why people are scared to call it a recession. But when it comes to the tech industry, a lot of these companies, they overhired. So you already know the very last one's in is the first one out. And that's why it's good for us to really look into what is that we want to do and making sure that we're making really sound decisions based upon solid knowledge and not like trends that is is actually happening. And that's what you're seeing with this whole tech. I think techs have laid off over 100,000 people within the last 90 days. And it's the thing, the market is only correcting itself. Mm-hmm. Right. Because of COVID, a lot of things were super awesome and super great. But you have to know and have the information to see, Okay, why was this particular industry doing so well within the last two years? And so I love that you even began to even talk about, man, just talk to the right people and don't be so involved in what you hear with all these excitement and trends. Exactly. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And I think even with that, and y'all, I'm not telling y'all don't take no tech jobs. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying a lot of people ran into tech, not really understanding what was actually happening at that time. So I'm going to go ahead and skip through some chapters because y'all, we can really be talking about this book all day, but I want to talk about a chapter in particular where you're talking about change your mind and you begin to like talk about rethink the plan for your future because I think when it comes to our careers people feel chained to a particular degree right or they feel chained to what they told their friends and family that they wanted to do so talk a little bit about in chapter six like what was the overall like the goal or the understanding that you want us to have about that yeah so I get students when I was teaching I taught in the humanities, I taught world religions, particularly focused on women, African traditional religions, African-American, you know, humanities. People took my classes because it was, they thought, oh, this would be an easy A, it's nothing too stressful. You know, I'm just gonna learn about somebody else's culture and move on with life. And when they got in, they enjoyed it so much that I would have students who wanted to like change their major. Now I would mm-hmm. any of them and I'd be like, look, this this is not going to bring you the best income, so <laughs> you might want to find something else. But if you find something that you are passionate about, you're driven towards, and you do the research, which I mentioned several times throughout the book, get the mentor and doing the research, yes. because that's the key. Like, don't just jump into something because it's cool and it looks nice. Mm-hmm. But if you feel like once you've gotten, even if you finish your degree, right? And you're like, you know what? I've been working in whatever field for so many years. This has become a part of my identity, but I'm really passionate about something else. Then change your mind. You don't have to stick to one thing. You don't have to. Yeah. I have so many things that I, I am legit passionate about that are completely different from one another. And mm. I'm finding ways to make all of those things a part of my life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I was a professor in the humanities. People were like, well, how did you transition into, you know, <laughs> giving career advice? And that's because of my experience, but also yes. I did have some, some career experience in the past because I had to pivot due to budget cuts at my job. So I had to take mm-hmm. a home that I was not necessarily, I didn't have the academic background in, but I had the skills to do. And so I was able to transition. So you can change your mind at any time. Don't feel like because you've become something for so long or been something for so long that you have to stay 
in that field. Yeah. You want to go and get another one thing I've, I've um, experienced in talking with people from around the world when it comes to education systems. Now, you know, I love that certain, you know, European countries, they offer free higher education and things like that, which America could take some notes from. But one thing I will say about that I do like about America is you can get a bachelor's degree in one thing and go and get a graduate degree in something totally Okay. <laughs> because that's not the case all over the world. I've met so many people from like different African countries. Once you get a degree in something, you have to stick with it. Even I was speaking with someone, I think it was in France, and they same thing. It's kind of like you have to stay on that same trajectory. Where yeah. You can reinvent yourself so many times. Even if you don't even want to go get the degree, if you just want to go get a certification or yes. courses and really develop a skill and create a whole new career out of it, you can do that. So at any time, be open to changing your mind and pivoting your career and make yourself happier and do something that you actually enjoy. I love that. I love that. Now, let me ask you this question. Do you think degrees hold the same weight as they once did? No. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, maybe, you know, in fields that are essential, like medicine, law, those types of things. But we're seeing that there is a devaluing of degrees. So I remember when I was starting college, they were saying, oh, you know, you better get a bachelor's degree, you know, because the high, you know, even the bachelor's is the new high school diploma was the thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, At least have that bachelor's degree. Right. Um, high school diploma isn't worth anything back when, you know, we were we were younger. Now people are saying, oh, a bachelor's is the, you know, is not even anything. You need to go get a bachelor's. Mm-hmm. But what's happening is it's creating like a degree inflation is the value of degrees are less than they once were because back in the day, not as many people have. So when you did mm-hmm. it out, you can go get your managerial or supervisory role in a company you know, work your way up with that degree and be the CEO tomorrow. Whatever. Right. <laughs> now everybody has the same thing you have. So what it's doing is creating more competition. People are now, jobs are now requiring more education, but paying the same, the same. Ooh, child. And using it as a weeding out. Mm. And so your, your responsibility, your roles are not changing. The pay is not changing, but the requirement you know, as far as educational requirements are increasing. So yeah, the degree is not worth the same. Many degrees are not worth the same as they once were. So I'm seeing a lot of like older people deciding to go back to school, right? So if there's anybody out there that that maybe they like, you know what, I don't have a degree, but I'm thinking maybe I should go back to school. Like, what are some questions you think they should ask themselves so they can really determine if they should be going back to school? Yeah, it depends on the field. I would ask myself, is it worth it financially, right? The Like do a cost benefit analysis on whether yeah. putting that money and that time, because time is very valuable, into higher education to get additional degrees will pay out in the long run. Because again, like we just said, a lot of these companies are not paying more, but they may require more. And then you have companies that don't rec- are going the opposite direction which are not requiring any degrees. A lot of these, as you said before, tech companies are paying mm-hmm. your salaries and saying, you don't need a college degree, we'll trade you, get this certification, we'll even you know, help you get the certification. So because a lot of times these companies are seeing people have education, but not the skills. So if you are like in your mid level of your career, you've been in a particular field for a while and you're thinking about going to get 
additional degree, I would look to see if it's worth your time and it's worth your money, especially if you are not able to pay and you have to take out student loans. I would mm-hmm. get <laughs> like for not for higher education. I would suggest looking into if there are certification programs available in that field that, of course, would cost a lot less, take a lot less time, but still give you the benefits in the job market and figuring out ways to whether it's pivot in a different industry or not, figure out ways to open the door to whether it's higher paying roles or whatnot through your own experience and through connections, like who can create opportunities or how you can create those opportunities for yourself without having to spend so much time. But if it's essential, right? Like, I don't know if, like I said, if you're in a medical field or something where that level of certification or higher education is required, then by all means, but I would definitely look at this with a, go through it with a finding comb, tooth comb to see Okay, so I'm going to dig a little deeper, right? Because I know before we actually hit that record button, like, y'all, she's not just about career and finance. Like, she is just, like, she really cares about the person as a whole. But I want to ask you this question, right? Because a lot of the clients I deal with, they sometimes want to seek a degree just to feel more confident about themselves. So it's not really about just trying to reach a particular job qualification. They're like, I need this, right? This is something that I need to do for me. So what are your thoughts or takes on when people go back to school for, like, self validation people do a lot of things for Mm self-validation they go and buy material things Mm -hmm. to me i look at it the same way i have one of my close friends he's in his 40s and he never got a degree he's an actor he's a creator he didn't Mm -hmm. necessarily need the degree because he was Mm -hmm. his field has his film company been doing projects working consistently in his industry since i've known him for years and went back to get a degree. And he said it was just because he wanted to, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Free or low cost, sure. Would I recommend somebody going to validate themselves with student loan debt? No. No. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's going <laughs> to work out with yourself. But if I were advising someone, I would not say, hey, you want to validate yourself with a piece of paper? You can just write your name. <laughs> you know, and I, I hate to say it like that, but literally if it's not going to benefit you holistically in the long run don't do Mm -hmm. it and what a lot of people are seeing not only is it not necessarily benefiting them because I have friends also and colleagues who don't have degrees and don't have the debt who are making great money right yeah Mm -hmm. so if it's just for vanity (laughs) or for I don't think I would recommend getting into debt. Now, if you can pay out of pocket or you have scholarships, sure. But you have to look at every aspect of your life, your financial, your time, like I said, your time. And if it will benefit you, sure, go ahead. But if not, you know, don't just do it just because. Right. You know, I always said like you can't make things on the outside. Like they won't make you feel good on the inside. You know, because, you know, for for a moment, you know, one, OK, two things. I feel like if the reason behind what you do isn't like deep enough, you won't be able to last in it. Right. Because, y'all, going to school ain't easy. OK. 
all that studying and going to class, that's not easy. And so I feel like in those hard moments, because they will be hard moments, mm-hmm. if the reason behind what you do, it doesn't have a deep root in you, you won't last. And then two, I feel like like once you finish school, right, there's going to be some excitement there, but I feel like that excitement would eventually wear off. And then you will be back to dealing with the same issues that you had before. And so, you know, I think a lot of our problems just come from us needing self-work. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, we use a lot of different things to allow us to feel a certain way. We don't realize how much money we could save who was just just do the self-work. <laughs> just do the self-work. And so y'all I can go on and on about the extra details in this book, y'all. Go out and get this book, y'all. Do you want to tell us where is this book available at? It's available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books of oh, Anywhere you can find books online, it's available even through library systems. So if you, you're a big library person like myself, you can check, you know, check your local libraries as well. But yeah, Amazon is pretty much the one that most people go to. Awesome. And as far as our audience, like where can they find you? My website is akiaacarelle.com and I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Zakia Akarele. Oh, good. K-I-Y-A-A-K-E-R-E-L-E. Thank you. And guys, that information will be down in the show notes as well. And so let us just know, like, if because I'm pretty sure my audience, they they probably feel you just as much as I do. So like, like, what's next for you? I know now you have written this amazing book. Is there anything else and any other goals that you're wanting to hit? Yeah. So while I miss teaching. I don't necessarily miss the classroom because I'm just like a nomadic spirit at heart, but I am an educator at heart. So my next phase in my career is continuing to write because that gives me that outlet to be able to teach without having to be (laughs) stationary and to also work on more helping current college students prepare for their career journey through programming and universities. I love that. I love that. Well, um, I definitely enjoyed our conversation today. And I know our audience was able to really grab some gems. And I thank you so much for taking the opportunity to just share your insight and the knowledge that you've gained even during your own experience. And so also, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another week of Career Revamp. And I will talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of Career Revamp. You can listen to this on demand wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also find Alicia Perkins on all social media platforms or at IamAliciaPerkins.com.